Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hello, I'm Adam Smith, and welcome back to the official England podcast, your daily dose of all things Three Lions as we attempt to bring it home. Oh, how good does that sound, by the way? Imagine the scenes. This, of course, is episode two, and every single day on the podcast, I'll be bringing you the very latest breaking news from the England camp, thanks to our exclusive access to the players. Coming up in today's episode, we've got footy writing guru Daniel Story on to talk about England's chances this summer. And we've got an exclusive interview with the Yorkshire PLO, Calvin Phillips himself. What a top bloke he is, by the way. To be honest, I haven't really hit me yet. You know, at first, I was thinking, what am I doing here? How am I even here? So sit back, crank the volume up, and let me serenade you with all things England. You're listening to the official England podcast. Okay, first up, let's round up the latest news from within the camp. The big news is, of course, that Ben White joins the squad as a replacement for the injured Trent Alexander-Arnold. We'll be speaking to Daniel later on about Ben's inclusion, but it's great to see the Brighton defender rewarded for his fantastic individual performances. Ben, of course, featured in both of England's warm-up games against Austria and Romania, and this season alone, he's played right wing-back, right-back, centre-back, defensive mid and central midfield, so certainly a very versatile player for Gareth to have at his disposal. Two years ago, Ben White was on loan at League One Peterborough United, and now he'll be representing England at the Euros. What a story. He also, incidentally, won Brighton's Player of the Season award, so it's fair to say it's been a very proud week for him and his family. Not only that, he has been described by some pundits as one of the best-looking players in the tournament, and he tweeted this, beyond proud and honoured, I'll give it my everything. Love that. Right, I'm pleased to say joining me on the podcast now, proper football writer, a man that many of us follow on social media, I'm sure it is Daniel Story. Daniel, how's it going, mate? What have you been up to? Yeah, all good, thank you. Euro's excitement, Euro's fever is here. I was going to say, it is getting close now, isn't it? A lot of people we're speaking to very, very excited. Have you got your England bunting ready, your wall chart on the wall? Talk me through the process. Yeah, wall chart up, previews all read, know most of it and yet still have to read it because I can't not. <laughs> Love that, exactly the same as me. We're very, very excited. Um, let's start then by looking at the squad. Uh, what do you make of the squad that Gareth Southgate's picked overall? Do you think it's a nice balance in terms of youth and experience? Yeah, I it's certainly young. It's the youngest squad England have taken to a major tournament since, I think, 1958. Um, but I think that reflects where England's strength is. You look at 
that 2017, that summer where all the youth teams won major tournaments. And I think it was clear that there was going to be a progression on from that. And if Gareth has, has done anything, it stayed true to his original aim as, as under-21 manager that he wanted to, to see that talent come through. And he's he's shown a huge amount of faith in it. It's very easy now to look at a squad and think, well, Foden has to start or Mason Mount has to start. But you look at where England have been in the past and there's always been kind of certain places for senior players. I don't think that's the case anymore. And that's that's a real compliment, I think. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see who he picks for that first game because there, there's a lot of options for him, and particularly I feel in those attacking areas, as you quite rightly pointed out, a lot of exciting young players. Let's talk about Ben White as well. Amazing week for Ben White and his family. Of course, it was sad that we heard the news that Trent Alexander-Arnold won't be uh, taking part because of his injury and Ben White is his replacement. What did you make of that inclusion? Yeah, it was the right call for me. Uh, I, I think most people thought it would be a straight choice between White and, and Ward-Prowse. And I think just the fact that, that, that Jordan Henderson got on the pitch in the second frame and and Harry Maguire was not fit to do so probably just cemented that in Southgate's mind. I think the other thing to, to remember is that Southgate's always been keen to have the option to play two different formations, three at the back or, or four at the back. And with a 26-man squad, you should have those options. There should be the ability to flip between different formations at will. And I think Ben does that. It's also it's a really nice story because... You know, he, he's played in the lower leagues, he's come through, he's made a name for himself. And as I said in the first answer, he Southgate is not afraid to to, to give players that chance. He's, he's happy to see if a player is, has knuckled down, has improved season on season, has made it in the Premier League. Why shouldn't that next step be the England squad? Yeah, I totally agree with you well about the nice story. We saw uh, his tweet and, and we've seen some of the reaction from his teammates. He's just so proud to get that call up. So very, very pleased. All of us very pleased uh, for Ben White. I wanted to ask you about the preparation going into this as well, because you had City and Chelsea in the Champions League final, United in the Europa League final. So Gareth's preparations have been slightly impacted. And we saw that originally from naming the 33 man, then down to the 26. What have you made of, of the warm up matches and also the preparation that Gareth's had to have, given that he's been without so many players for these two games? Yeah, it's not ideal, I don't think. Um, clearly they will all train together and, and we saw the Chelsea and City players after the game against Romania training on the pitch and having their first kind of go pre-tournament uh, I think Southgate would have liked to have them on the pitch if I'm honest and I do wonder if if he'd had his time again he might have actually preferred more training than, than warm-up friendlies because do you? Yeah, I, I mean, what we basically saw was two different types of, of second team, albeit with first team as sprinkled over it. And I think you would have liked 45 minutes at least of, of his 11 on the pitch. The flip side of that is that, you know, Croatia manager, Scotland manager, Czech Republic manager don't really know who England's best team is yet or England's first team is yet. So there's a lot of fluidity there. There's a lot of it's chance. A really for, good point, that. Yeah, there's, there's a chance for players on the bench to say, you know, I've given me 15 minutes here. I'll show you why I should be starting. And that's what every international manager wants. I'll tell you what else I liked about that answer, Daniel, is it, it brings me perfectly on to my next question, which was about the group. And you name-checked all the three teams in the group. Um, we had Duncan Alexander, who is the, the stats guru on the podcast yesterday, and he was fascinating. And he gave us um, some, some brilliant and weird and wonderful stats. And one of the things that he said, which I'm sure you're aware, is that England have never won an opening game at a European Championships. And they've not got an easy first start with a game against Croatia either, have they? How do you see that one going? It's a, it's a really tricky one because if you look at how the tournament is set up, very much like World Cup 2018 did, there's clearly going to be a half of the draw that you'd quite like to be in. Yeah. And England played that to their advantage in 2018 with, with Belgium being the final game. 
you can't really do that this time because Croatia on paper should be the hardest game of the group and it's the game that comes up first and no you know no England manager no manager full stop wants to deliberately draw a first game they want to go into the tournament winning so it's going to be a completely different tournament mindset to 2018 England are going to try and ramp it up in the groups and hope that that kind of takes them through some potentially difficult draws further down the line I want to ask you what are you most excited about uh, with regards to this England team and this tournament coming the tournament that we've been waiting what seems like an eternity for because obviously we've mm. waited a whole year for it what what is the single thing that you're looking forward to the most the, the thing that infuses me about this england team is the way that the young players on mass basically seem to rise to the occasion in a way that maybe previous england teams have have faltered under that pressure and slightly shied away from expectation i think these young players phil foden mason mount they all step up to that occasion they, they don't just demand to win the games they demand the ball they demand to control play in the final third which is very easy to say in the age of computer games that that's a really easy thing to do it's not it takes a huge amount of courage and a huge amount of maturity and i just i'm waiting to see them do it on the ultimate big international stage and i believe they can you know it's going to be a really hard draw in the last 16 i think but they demand to to own those occasions. We've seen them do it in Champions League and Premier League and now we're waiting to see them do it at a major tournament. And last question, uh, is it coming home? How do you see this tournament going for England? Give us some positivity, Daniel. How do you see it going? I, I, I honestly hope that we rise up to it. I think that last 16 draw is daunting because not only are we, we due to play a, a very good team from Group F, we're also going to play a team who have already had hard fixtures. So we've already got up to that elite tournament level probably before England have because we'll face different type of opponents early on and they will be tight but we showed at 2018 that they've got the guts they've got the maturity they've got the the calmness and composure when things get hyped up to manage that and I'm looking forward to them doing that again and the the sad thing for Southgate is that anything less than a semi-final appearance Mm. will be deemed as as a step backwards and yet England have I've only ever done that twice in a row. I think they did it in 1968 and 66, and that's it. So it's a huge ask. But if any England squad of the last decade can do it, I believe this one can. Love that. And I think that is a perfect way to end it. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And I'll be keeping an eye on your social media channels throughout the tournament. I hope to get you back on very soon. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. You're listening to the official England podcast. Last week, during a bit of downtime for the players, I spoke to midfielder Calvin Phillips as he sat outside in the glorious sunshine, relaxing after another hard day on the training pitch. Calvin, great to speak to you. First up, mate, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just um, getting ready to start the Euros, to be honest. One of the first questions I've got to ask you, it's an obvious one, Calvin. I think you know what I'm going to say. You are in the squad for the Euros, representing England. Just tell me uh, how you're feeling right now. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Obviously, I had a little bit of an injury towards the back end of the season, the last game, and um, I didn't really know whether I was going to be in or not. But yeah, Gareth and you know the coaching staff filled me with a lot of confidence. Um, I've had a lot of work done over the last few weeks, and you know I'm feeling fine now. So I'm just happy to be named in it, and you know happy to be amongst some of the, the best names in the world. Were you half expecting it, given the fact that you have been involved in a lot of squads recently, and of course your form uh, this season? Was it something that you were kind of expecting? Um, not expecting. I was just thinking, if it don't happen, then. You know, it's not meant to be. Um, obviously, I always wanted it to happen, and you know that's my main goal to, you know, to play major major tournaments like this, and to be around, you know, the lads, you know, that have been in, involved in tournaments like this is, you know, it's a massive thing for me. And I'm 25 now, so I'm pretty much in between, you know, the ages in the squad, and you know, it's just great to see like young players come in 
coming in and getting their first call up to the Euros and then obviously you know you've got Harry and stuff like that who've been here for a while so you know it's nice to be involved. Yeah, it's a really nice blend, actually. Nice balance of experienced players and a lot of young, uh, particularly attacking players. There's so many players that are making their tournament debuts. We'll talk about some of the players individually in a bit, but I've got to ask you sort of how you found out, uh, you know, where you were when you got the call, both for the 33 and the 26. To talk us through that that moment, because I can only dream of that. It's it's a schoolboy dream of mine that never happened. Obviously, you've lived it. So talk us through those phone calls and how they sort of came about. So I didn't really get a phone call uh, in the 33-man squad. I got a message from... You know, the staff at England telling me that I was involved and I think I was at the training ground at that time because um, obviously I hurt my shoulder so I was just in doing rehab and, you know, just spending as, mu- as much time as possible trying to get my shoulder better. And then I found out and obviously I was buzzing and, yeah, and yeah for the 26-man squad. Um, as in my room with, you know, one of our good mates, Ben White, who got called into the squad and, you know, it came out that I was involved and, you know, I was absolutely buzzing. Ben was buzzing for me and, you know, it was a nice feeling. That's class. Who was the first person you told? Who did you ring straight away? To be honest, I didn't ring anyone. Did you didn't ring no, anyone? No, my girlfriend wow. My girlfriend rang me, my mum rang me, and then my brothers and sisters all messaged me, like, within the space of five minutes of it coming out, so... I love that. So you're just keeping it cool. Yeah. You let them let them ring you rather than the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I did the um, squad announcement reveal with, with Gareth Southgate. And, and one thing that we were looking at was the reaction from fans. There's so many Leeds fans that were absolutely buzzing for you. We know that Leeds fans love you. Have you had a lot of nice messages of support since the news has come out that you will be going to the Euros? Yeah, I've had millions. I've had, you know, even, you know, ex-Leeds players and even, you know, fans from other teams have messaged me nice messages. So... I think it's not just the Leeds fans, even though, you know, they love me to bits and, you know, they send me, you know, good messages every time I go away with England. It's the fact that I'm getting messages from, you know, ex-players and and fans from other teams as well, which is, is really nice because you don't normally get that. And yeah. it just shows that, you know, when, you know, it's about international football, everyone kind of comes together and tries to support the full team. Was there any particular message that really, really took you aback? I don't really realise how big the moment is until... You know, it actually comes and stuff like that. So, obviously, I was ecstatic to be in the 26-man squad, but I think until, you know, it's here and it's right there in front of my face, you know, it won't really... You know, I don't think it'll phase me in any way until I'm actually there. Go on, talk us through what it's been like then in the squad, the, the mood, the morale, and, and, and the training sessions as well. What's it been like in the early parts of this uh, of the squad? It's been good. It's been good to see everybody. Obviously, you know, there's been a few new lads come in. Ben White, Ben Godfrey, Aaron Ramsdale... And I know them three quite well, so it's been nice to see them, you know, in training with the England seniors as well. So, um, yeah, it's been a good mood. Everyone's been been sound. Everyone's been happy, and you know, there's not much really that I could say about training. It's just been, it's just been fun. The one thing that we, we see sort of from the outside, we've been privy to a lot of great content on England's channels and you see that the team spirit look, looks, and it, it sounds like a cliche thing to say, but it looks like there is genuinely a real togetherness. And, and Jack Grealish said to me in the week that um, the, the, the players don't sit in cliques, they don't sit in, in, in your club teams, that there is, they've made everyone feel welcome from day one. Do you, do you sort of echo those sentiments? Have you felt like that as soon as you came into the England camp that everyone is, is together or, or waiting to achieve that one goal? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, the first time I came in, I was the only person I didn't really I didn't know anybody um, until Jack got called in a few days later um, I didn't know anybody there so yeah. I had to go out my way to obviously speak speak to people get to know them and I think the first couple of people that came up to me were like Kerry and Trippier and Eric Dyer came up to me and said hello 
and I was just gobsmacked because I just didn't think yeah. it'd be like that. I thought, you know, people would keep this in themselves to themselves. And um, But no, it's totally different at England. It's just, you know, it's got a very good feeling about it every time you turn up. Everyone's, you know, asking how you are, how your family are, and, and even the coaching staff as well. Um, they're exactly the same, and it's just nice to be involved and be around an international team like this. Yeah, that's class. Was it a bit like first day at school then, the first time you, you came to the camp, sort of, you said you didn't know anyone, is it like trying to, you know, when we go into the playground, you're trying to get friends, is it, is it a bit like Yeah, that? definitely, I think, you know, I'm quite I'm quite a quiet person when I don't, when I don't know anybody, <laughs> I'm really quiet, so I just kind of, you know, going about my business, didn't really speak to many people, and then, you know, as I've been, uh, I've come to different camps and spoke to more different people, then I've just got closer to, you know, almost everybody, and especially with Ben White coming in as well. It's been nice to have somebody who I've known for quite a while and, you know, just, just be around them as well. And the thing is about your story, Calvin, it's quite, it's quite unique, isn't it? Because you made your England debut before you kicked a ball in the Premier League. You also hadn't represented England at youth team level. You came straight in to the seniors. So w- with that said, did you notice a huge step up it, just when when you go into training for the, for the very first time? Yeah, definitely. I think the first time I went into training, I was, we was doing a possession. And at least, to be honest, we never do like possession-based stuff. We never do, like small-sided games right. games or anything, so I was literally just stood in the middle and I was just in awe of what I was seeing because, you know, the tempo and how good certain people were was just, it was scary, to be honest. And Really? You know, at first, I was thinking, how, what am I doing here? How am I even here? And then, you know, once that kind of wears it. Were you? That's what you thought yeah. the first time because the, the level yeah. was so high. You know, once you settle down and, you know, you kind of relax a little bit, you kind of get in the swing of things and, you realise that, you know, you're not here on merit, you're here because you deserve it. And, you know, I think that's one of the main things for me. You said that the training's been frightening and there's so many young players. Without trying to put you on the spot, but this, there are so many great players in the squad. Who, who are the sort of standout players in training? Then you said you're in the middle and you're just watching in awe. Who are those players that you are in awe of in training for England? I think, you know, the first time I came, Jaden Sancho was, he was just, a, he was just unbelievable. He just dribbling into people just to, dribble past him and um, you know he's, he's got amazing skill he's got very good technique with it. he dribbles with a ball and it's the same with many players there's Rashford as well there's Grealish there's Bukayo Saka and you know Jude Bellingham as well he's for a 17 year old kid he's, he's absolutely unbelievable and I think you know everyone everyone can see that he's a great player and I just know for a fact that you know he's going to turn into a really 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 good player when he's older. Yeah, a lot of a lot of hype about him and, and a lot of other players. How good can he become then, do you think? Because as you said, only 17. Uh, it's frightening, isn't it? I read, I read something the other day that he was only 12 in the last time we had the Euros, which is just mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it actually gives me goosebumps thinking about our young years and when you just said Does that, it? Yeah. that he was 12 years old the last Euros. It's just scary and you know, he's an unbelievable, <laughs> he's an he's unbelievable scary, player, though. That's the thing. He's not just, it's not just because he's 17 and you know, he's made it to a Euros um, squad. It's just, he actually is a really, really good player. You've seen him in the Champions League, you know, in certain games against Man City, against Sevilla. You know, he's been unbelievable. And even the game the other night against Austria, uh, yeah, he was, he was really good. And you know, it's just 
scary to see him doing so well at such a young age and you know I, I, I honestly hope he can keep it up and you know do his country proud like he has done yeah well said and who are the main characters in the dressing room who are the ones you said that there were certain ones that made you feel welcome who, who are the sort of the talkative ones the leaders the characters in the group that that, that pick the spirits up because obviously it's a long camp as well so you need you need those characters yeah, you've in your got, dressing room like the leaders and stuff I'd say you know you've got Harry Kane um, John Henson Harry Maguire um, all the lads that have been there and done it I think you know the lads that have been to some major tournaments and you know like Kyle Walker John Stones and stuff like that they've all been there and you know, Kieran Trippier as well. It's just that, like, having them people about make it a lot easier for, you know, the young lads and, say, me when I first came in. It makes it a lot easier for you to settle in and you feel right at home straight away and, you know, it's very good to have people like that in the team. Yeah, you mentioned that about it's important to have uh, the, the characters and also it's important to have things to keep you busy. It's a very long camp and obviously there's added restrictions now with, with everything that's gone on this last year with COVID, you know, players away from their families and such. So how, how challenging will that part of it be and what will you be doing sort of in your spare time to keep yourself occupied? To be honest, I don't know. I'll just try and keep myself as busy as possible to try and not think about it. But, you know, I am a family person. I love my family, so... I'll just FaceTime my family as much as possible, my girlfriend, and, you know, just always be speaking to them. And then, you know, even my friends as well. You know, I've got a lot of friends that, you know, are mad England supporters, and I can remember the last England tournament. It was all round up my yeah. house watching it, so... Yeah, it'd be nice. Obviously, it'll be a long, it'll be a long camp, but hopefully, it'll be all worth it by the end of it. That sentence you said there, I just got to pick you up on that. The last tournament, your mates were all round your house watching it. So you, you're basically yeah. watching it as an England fan, and now. You're going to be representing yeah. that. I can see you smiling there. I mean, that just must make everything just so much more real and more exciting for you. It's incredible, that. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. I've got one of my good friends text me the other day um, when I made it into the 26-man squad, and he said, I still can't believe that you actually go into the Euros. We were sat in your house watching it. When Harry Kane scored the penalty against Panama, we was, you know, we was watching that game. and Class. It was just ridiculous. But, yeah, obviously, it's a great feeling. And to be honest, that really hit me yet. I think, you know, like I said, when it when it actually gets to the top, really? I reckon that's when, you know, I'll realise, you know, I'm 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 involved now, I'm in a really big really, I'm on the big stage and you know, hopefully I'm ready for it as well. Yeah, is there one thing in particular that you're looking forward to? Because there's so many sort of aspects to the, to this tournament. The fact that England have got a great squad, that there's games at Wembley, fans are back. Is there is there one thing in particular that you are really, really excited about with regards to this tournament? I don't really know. I just just the fact of being in, involved in something like this, being, you know, events, obviously playing your game and then, you know, looking looking at the scores of other games and watching the other games, you know, on days that you train and stuff like that. So it'd be nice. It'd just be nice to see football every single day and watch how other teams do and then, you know, hopefully, you know, we do better than them as well. And you said that you're there, you're a proper fan, you had mates around your house, the last one, you're going to be watching other games. Are you still in the mindset of having a wall chart, one of the wall charts in your bedroom that you're filling out all the results? I still do it at my age, so is that something you'll be doing? <laughs> I'm more of like, you know, England flag on your house and painting stuff on your house and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I do. And oh, yeah. Yeah. We... Painting stuff on your house, wow. <laughs> in my in my old house, we were, you know, when I used to live with my mum, we used to paint like a big England flag on his house and... And stuff like that, so yeah. Love that. And of course, I've got to ask you, playing at Wembley, it's just, it just makes it even more special, doesn't it? And of course, playing with fans, because you've played games for England, but in front of no fans. So is that, obviously, representing your country is a huge honour, but is that sort of hinged it slightly, the fact that you've done it in empty stadiums? And, and will this be even more of a proud moment, stepping out 
and seeing the England fans. And, and we've seen what 5, 10,000, 15,000 fans can sound like as well now. It sounds like they're, they're full stadiums, doesn't it? Because we've waited so long without having any fans. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I think for me, it's just the fact of, you know, playing a game with England fans there and, and you know, just listening to the atmosphere. And even yesterday when we watched the game, I was obviously sat in the stands, but I was watching the game and I was just getting goosebumps of how it would feel to be on the pitch. And, you know, like the likes of Bakaya Saka and Jude Bellingham and, you know, how they felt. Yeah. You know, I bet it was unbelievable and, you know, I can't wait to feel that as well. And finally, Calvin, England's first match in the Euros against Croatia. It's not an easy start, is it? Of course, it seems to be a fixture that England play a lot recently. How much are you looking forward and how much of a challenge will that game be against Croatia? Yeah, um, obviously we're looking forward to it. It's the first game in a major tournament and, you know, we know how good Croatia are and, you know, how good the players are that play for their team. And um, we're more focused on, you know, how we can do and how we can start the tournament. And, you know, hopefully it's in a good way. And, um, you know, we were prepared for them. Obviously, we know they've got good players, but, you know, we've also got an amazing set of lads as well. So, you know, it'll be very exciting. And I know I'm one person that's looking forward to it very much. Calvin, love that. Thank you very much for your time. You'll have to tell your mates that you won't be able to meet up with them to watch it because, of course, you will be representing England at the Euros. Congrats again, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon, mate. Cheers, see you later. Top man. Yeah, great to catch up with Calvin Phillips. I've really got a sense of just how much representing England at the Euros means to him. Top, top bloke. Uh, Right, that is it for episode two. So hopefully you've had your daily three lines fixed, but fear not... I am back tomorrow where we'll have an exclusive interview with keeper Jordan Pickford. And as always, I'll be catching up with Josh Denzel, our man in the camp, who will be keeping us up to date on all the goings on at St. George's Park. So thanks for joining us on the official England podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a show as we come to you daily throughout the tournament. See you tomorrow and come on England. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 